And one of the things that I have a ton of respect for Serginho Dest is he was put in place by Kylian Mbappe and immediately recovered the next week. There's Dest. Oh! Everything he touches turns to goals. Two at the weekend for his club. And now in spectacular fashion, his first for his country. What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Sal Qatar, and I am joined by my brother, Nihal. Nihal, are you considering filing a one-time switch from this podcast? I mean, honestly, I, I feel like we're like we're like Jamaica. We have like one fixture every year or something. So I might, I might have to do that. So it's hard to even get cap tied, yeah, to this podcast. Well, I was saying is we gotta we gotta be more consistent. We gotta bring the program up. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I it's it was exciting to see some of the players we haven't seen since uh, November uh, in, in, and uh, see. Kind of a full-strength uh, U.S. national team, men's national team. Um, and a lot has happened, really, in the last uh, couple of months, um, U.S. soccer-wise. You know, we got Yunus Musa committing to the U.S. Was that last week? Or I think that was last week. Um, and yeah. that's really exciting. Um, and, you know, some, some uh, transfers that I can't remember right now. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. How are you doing? Well, I never actually asked how you were doing, but... I mean, I realized that, but, uh, you know, once I realized it, I had already been talking, so... But, yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, it was it was, a, it was a fun game. You know, watching the U.S. men's national team is fun again, seemingly. So, um, I was excited about that, and, yeah, I'm, you know, Thursday night, week's ending, kind of, so... No. Yeah, true. Um, well, so, for those of you that don't know, which, I mean, you're here, so... Um, the U.S. men's national team did play Jamaica on Thursday, March 25th, and I'll let you take it from there because you're the host, so you can explain uh, what happened. Yep, 1.28 Eastern time kickoff. I actually don't know what location this was in. It was in Austria, somewhere in Austria. Okay, gotcha, somewhere in Austria. And the <laughs> U.S. MNT took on Jamaica and won 4-1, to one, If you didn't, I'm sure, which I'm sure most of you know already, and... Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty fun game. Um, do you want to, do you want to go through, how about I go through the lineup first and then we can kind of talk about position groups and what we, oh, unless you have anything generally to say about the game right away. Um, well, why don't you go through the lineup and we can talk about uh, the lineup as a whole and then maybe break it down by position group. Okay. So starting lineup for the U.S. men's national team against Jamaica, you had Zach Steffen in goal, Aaron Long, and John Brooks as the center backs. The fullbacks were Serginio Dest and Reggie Cannon. The midfield was comprised of Sebastian Lejet, Kellen Acosta, Yunus Musa, and the front line was Josh Sargent, Gio Reyna, and Christian Pulisic. So yeah, that was an interesting yeah. interesting order you laid it out in there. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, it was a little all over the place, but... <laughs> but um... You know, well, how did you feel when the lineup dropped? I think um, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, really, the only thing I, I did kind of want to see Anthony Robinson, but I, obviously, I was curious to see Serginho Dest on the left. I think before we, you know, I think before the second match last time, I was talking about how I think we should play Cannon on the right and Dest on the left, and they've done that for the last two matches. They've both been available, so um, I think the big the big one that people probably wanted to see was. Um, uh, Chris Richards in defense over Aaron Long. Um, but, I mean, we'll get into it. I think based on how Chris Richards played today, I can 
I can understand why Greg <laughs> yeah. Berhalter went with Aaron yes, Long. I think he was partially at fault for that goal, which we'll talk about. Um, but, yeah, I think I was pretty excited just given the roster. You know, obviously, um, I've, I think... The, the U.S. soccer community as a whole has kind of been warming up to Lejet recently, and obviously he played very well in this game. You know, um, I think I think there's been a huge overcorrection on that. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Lejet. I'm a big Sebastian Lejet fan. I think he's a really good, really solid player. I thought this was one of his worst games in a U.S. shirt, honestly. Um, aside from the false nine, uh, at least under Brohalter. I mean, I, he scored the two goals, so it's hard to say he had a terrible game, but. Um, well, I mean, uh, yeah, we can we can. Yeah, talk no, about I think I right probably now. yeah. I think overall, like, it just if you if you extracted the goals, which like, maybe is kind of a useless thought exercise, but <laughs> I mean, he I think he probably was the weakest midfielder of the three. You would probably agree. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Should we? I mean, should yeah. we just start in the midfield then? Should we just talk about the midfield? Yeah, let's talk about the midfield. So, uh, Sebastian Lechet, Kellen Acosta, Yunus Musa. Uh, I, I thought Kellen Acosta played really well in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, I texted you, and I was like, I think he's been our second-best player um, in, in this match behind Serginho Dest. Um, I thought he was fantastic. He, he was playing the six, um, so sort of the Tyler Adams role, but uh, he he played a lot higher up on the pitch than we've seen um, the number sixes under Burhalter play. He didn't really drop in between Aaron Long and John Brooks. I don't know if you noticed that, but he was playing pretty high up. Yeah. And, it's, and it seems like he and, and Musa were actually changing quite a bit, and he made a lot of marauding runs forward, which I mean, Tyler Adams is capable of doing, but doesn't really do when Weston McKinney and Yudas um, Musa are special much better in front of him. So uh, that was really cool to see. You know, Kellen Acosta is someone that we were really high on when he first broke onto the national team scene. You know, we thought it would be uh, a midfield of Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKenney. Remember, that was like, you know, the big, all the rage. Or right. uh, McKenney, Acosta, and like Jonathan Gonzalez. <laughs> but, um, you That's know, okay. I, 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 he, he, it's really nice to see him playing like this. And I think he might, he might be our second best option at that position I think I right now, I mean, it's been one game, but I think I would take him over Jackson Ewell um, based on this performance. What do you think? Yeah, I think I could probably agree with that. I think he did look very comfortable in that in that sixth role, being able to make a few through balls and even get forward. I think there were a couple chances where it felt like, I think there was one chance where Reyna just, he had a, he had a decent angle to at least put the shot on target, but he couldn't. So Acosta could have had an assist there. Um, I thought, yeah, I think I, I feel really comfortable. I mean, interestingly, obviously Acosta is starting off as a fullback, but I thought maybe the weakest parts of his game today were kind of, uh, getting into challenges. And as you said, he wasn't dropping much in between the center backs, but it did seem like he was a little bit reckless at times. Uh, I think he picked up a yellow card. You know, it's uh, funny. Acosta actually has always been a center midfielder for his club. He just played fullback for the U S when he... I, I think that was a that's right. That's right. I think that was yeah. a Klinsman thing, um, which I mean he can play, um, but I think that might have even been a thing at the youth level for him. Maybe yeah, not. it was. He was. He played left back at the U twenty World Cup, I think. Yeah. Um, or right, but he played fullback. Um, you know, I I thought I was nervous when I first saw our midfield in the lineup. Obviously, we didn't have a backup six. Tyler Adams could not come because of. Um, 
I believe uh, Red Bull Leipzig's uh, COVID restrictions. Um, so he he wasn't able to. He obviously wasn't able to play. Kellen Acosta is much more of an eight, and he's played really higher up on the pitch for Colorado. He's played even at the 10 at times. So, uh, you know, I was kind of nervous. I figured looking at the lineup that he would be the number six. I didn't think Sebastian Legette or Yunus Musa would be um, that. So uh, I was a little bit nervous because, as you said, you know, it's not like he is the greatest defender. And, you know, I think... Um, you know, if I were to criticize one thing about his game today is what it was, he, he lost a lot of challenges, right? He committed quite a few fouls um, in, in midfield, uh, which, you know, is not the worst thing that your defensive midfield can do. If you're giving away fouls in, you know, non-threatening positions, but it, it stops the attack and you're not picking right. up the yellow card, like, that's fine. Um, and, you know, all in all, him being able to pick up the ball and, you know, he looked like Yunus Musa against Wales for the first time. Uh, just running through the <laughs> midfield. Um, and, you know, he he's a two-footed player. Um, he's a pretty accurate passer, and he's able to turn. And I think, you know, this is, this is a progression that we're just seeing amongst our average players, right? Where it seems like, not that Kellen Cost is average, but it seemed like, you know, for a long time, we had a lot of center midfielders who just couldn't turn out of pressure, <laughs> really. Um, besides, like, Jermaine Jones or even... I mean, even Michael Bradley, I feel like, is not the greatest at turning out of pressure. Yeah. So I, I think that's just something that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of these guys who are... Um, basically can play either the six or the eight and um, are able to turn in midfield and, and push the ball forward. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think that's just a really valuable skill to have. And I think Kellen Acosta is going to be such, a, such an invaluable player... Uh, probably coming off the bench, but since we have the Nations League, so, um, you know he could be. Uh, actually, does he does he still qualify for the Olympics? I don't know if he does. Um, no, he doesn't. I mean, he could go as an overage player, um, right. but uh, he, um, you know, because we have the Olympics, the Nations League, um, and the Gold Cup coming up, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to play. Um, first team action so we need a lot of players and this is something that I was going to talk about later when we were talking about our fullbacks but I think one of the traps that uh, USMNT fans fall into is sort of um, getting caught up on our best 11 or what is someone's best position right and I think a lot of it that is is embedded in the Jurgen Klinsmann era where where players were played out of position but it really didn't help us. Um, but even like with someone like Serginio Dest, it's totally fine if he plays left back sometimes and right back other times. I don't see why that's an issue, right? Depending yeah. on the opponent or who's playing on the wings for us um, or who's available. If Anthony Robinson's available or if Reggie Cannon's available. Right. I, right. I, I, you know, it... I mean, I, I think it is just also just aesthetically pleasing to just, you know, kind of make your lineups and your dream you know, line up when everyone's healthy and just uh, have some kind of option to lean back on for fans. I mean, like, that will just be a really good lineup. But, yeah, like like you're saying, I mean, it would probably be a bad thing if we were playing the same lineup every game and, uh, yeah. Right, and, and players are going to get hurt. In, in a World Cup, you're playing every three days. You have yellow card suspensions. You need to know what you have. You need to have some flexibility and a player like Kellen Acosta is going to be really valuable. And and what I was what I was 
going to say that I forgot to is I think he's going to be an incredible number eight off the bench for us. Um, and, you know, when, when, they're, when he's going against tired legs, being able to push the ball forward, um, I think, he'll, I think he'll, he'll be great at that. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on, on Kellen here? Uh, no, I think I think I think you kind of touched it, touched on it. Um, uh, why don't we talk about Yunus Musa though? Uh, he, I thought he, I mean, well, I don't think it was his best game in, in U.S. Men's National Team uniform, even though he hasn't played that many <laughs> because he's just had some other really good games, like you said against Wales. Um, but he, man, he just looks super comfortable, and I think I've said that about him before. But uh, I just. Like you're saying, you know, like the ability to pick up the ball, make a turn in midfield and keep play going and um, sometimes even uh, drive the ball forward when not, not when the wings are also kind of um, cutting inside and being able to create width too if the fullbacks aren't already doing that. And I think Musa just has that ability as well because of his experience on the wing for Valencia. And he kind of had that... Not the hockey assist, but the the hockey hockey assist uh, on the goal to Brendan Aronson. Um, he played that ball up, uh, that long ball um, to Brendan Aronson, which was a little behind him, but he Aronson was able to head it on to uh, Josh Sargent, who cut it back to him very nicely for that goal. But yeah, I, I thought I thought he also played well. Um, you know, on, on MLSsoccer.com, he's credited with an assist, and that's not right, right? He didn't get a direct assist in this game. I don't I, think so, no. I mean, unless... Did he pass it to Dest on the first goal? I mean, I but Dest brought that up himself, but... I thought Luca, Luca De, De La Torre had an assist, Shalkini had an assist, uh, Josh Sargent had an assist, and then the first one was unassisted. I thought, I thought it was unassisted. Yeah. I, okay, anyway. Also, that uh, wouldn't have been on the same side as Musa. I, if, yeah, I don't I don't think he directly... Oh, actually, technically, it was, Musa was the last pass to Dest. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't on. He he was sort of from the sixth position, so that's probably what that is. But you know, you're you're right. This this is not a game where he, um, you know, stood out on first watch. I'm sure if we went back to go back and watch it again, we'd be like, oh yeah, he was he was the best player today, um, besides Serginho Des. And I think just he is so calm on the ball. He, I mean, you would not believe that this kid is what is he 18, 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't act or like an eighteen-year-old on the ball. He he, nothing seems to really phase him, and um, he's just so good under pressure. He's so good at just ushering the ball forward. Um, uh, he's like a true modern-day two-way midfielder, uh, I think. And you know, it, it's it's worth noting that this is a position he doesn't play for his club, right? He plays right midfield. A right wing for his exactly. club, yeah. and for him to be this comfortable in this system and even dropping in at the eight sometimes, uh, it's really encouraging. Uh, he's just such a fantastic player. I feel like there's sort of this um, idea around him that you know maybe his ceiling's not too high, but he's always going to be solid. I think his ceiling is extremely high. I think he can just. I think he can be that real that really calming influence in midfield um you know tyler adams is calm as a calming influence but he's not he doesn't have the the creativity um the individual creativity that that Yunus musa has in in carrying the ball forward right so yeah or um weston mckinney's a little bit erratic at, at, at times um you know as much sometimes which is a good thing 
but sure, yeah, sure. A little bit of that. But Musa <laughs> is is yeah. so calm, and I think having two midfielders like Adam Adams and Musa with McKenny is 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 great. And um, you know, this midfield as a whole, I mean, really, it's it's what it's more of what we've been seeing these triangles building. Um, these play these plays where we're having our right side and our left side interchanging and forming these triangles with Legette, Des, and Pulisic on the on the left, and Cannon, Musa, and Reyna on the right, and um, it, it seems like Musa knows what he wants to do, knows where to be, and um, uh, he's he's one of those players that uh, um, I think also forces backward passes, which is also really valuable in midfield as well. So. Overall, I thought I thought he had a, a, a really really solid outing. Nothing, would, like I said, nothing that, that would jump out at you. Um, he he did only play seventy three minutes. He was replaced by Luca Dilatori later, um, but uh, he was great. He, I thought. Yeah. I mean, great. I guess is maybe overstating it. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I I agree. He completed ninety two percent of his passes, forty five, forty nine. He he just looked very good under pressure, and I don't think made many mistakes so i think i think that can qualify as a great game maybe not a great game you know like uh well, not, like he had right what? not not like you know leo really no messy against Bayern munich you know yeah. <laughs> but, yeah yeah and then i do you want to talk about sebastian left yet yeah um, i guess we didn't really talk about him you know i i thought like i was saying i i thought this was one of his worst games uh, especially in the first half. I think his touch was a little off. His passing wasn't great. Um, he was just a little bit slow mentally. I think something that stands out to me in the first half was when Serginho Des was sort of calling for the ball. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this moment. Uh, Serginho Des was a little bit ahead of him. Christian Pulisic was out wide. Legit decided to wait and then pass it out wide to Pulisic. It led to a corner and Des went and talked to Legit. But when that was happening, I was, like, screaming past Serginho Des because he was in position to take on the center back, cut it on his right foot, and maybe score. Um, so I think this was not one of his best games in terms of reading the play. He was a little bit sloppy. Worth noting that um, it is preseason for these MLS players. You know, a lot of them haven't played since October um, or September even, um, which makes Kellen Acosta's performance even more impressive. Um, yeah. But he, So, I mean, that is something that's worth noting. But yeah, I mean, he scores two goals, so. And I, well, I, but I guess it also is fair, a little more fair for you to make that assessment, even with the two goals, when both the goals were in the last ten minutes of the game, and at that point, you know, Jamaica's sending more of their guys forward. Um, nah, well, and the, and the to... substitutes, right? Like that's right, after right. all, like, twelve subs have happened. Yeah, definitely. Late game, like really weird. We've actually seen that kind of thing before. We're like one player. I can't remember who it was in the previous game uh, that we won the previous. It was Soto. Soto scored two goals. Yeah, Soto had two goals, <laughs> and and he was on for what, like five minutes. I mean, like twenty, I think. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Either way, though, like just it seems like players can just. And, and it's funny because Letjet also basically had the same goal both times. I mean, I mean, not really, but there were nice uh, finishes, right? They just pass it. Right. Nico Giacchini assisted the first one, and Luca Della Torre assisted the second one. Uh, they're really nice passes, cut back to him, and they're both like finishes that were not like uh, within six yards or anything like that. They were they were either just outside the penalty box or or in the or or um, just inside the penalty box. So yeah, they were solid finishes, but I, I definitely get that perspective, especially when you know for the, when the game mattered, when the, when most of the starting lineups were on the field, he was not 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 the best player. 
No. And I think, like I said, I think people overcorrect and people, because people automatically are mad when there's an MLS player in the lineup. Like, that's definitely a thing that's out there, and it, it annoys me. Um, uh, Paul Tenorio had a real, really funny tweet where he was like, I saw that. the funny thing about Brendan Aronson is he wasn't good until he arrived in Austria on January 3rd, which to be fair, he has, he has been a totally different player in Austria, but I mean, it's just funny. Like, you know, people are like, oh, Reggie Cannon shouldn't be playing because he plays in, um, for FC Dallas, but now everyone is fine that he's starting because he plays in Portugal. But in reality, he's been in terrible form for the past few months which i think showed today um honestly but um it's just such a weird weird mentality like obviously i want all of our 11 players to be playing in the champions league but that's not how it's always going to be and sometimes you want a player that's going to do the job that allows your more impactful and creative players to do their job better right if, if Sebastian Legette is cu- cutting off the right passing lanes, if he's dropping into spaces he needs to drop into, that enables Christian Pulisic and Serginho Dest to do more on the left-hand side, right? I mean, so it's stuff like that that if you were to throw in, I mean, I don't know, who, who I don't even, I can't even think of, like, a creative midfielder who's, I mean, even if, even if you could play Brendan Aronson in that position, maybe from the start, I, I don't think that you would see the same uh, sort of production, but... Yeah, like, I just... A general point, like a lots of players' trajectories for growth aren't linear, or maybe the, a lot. Some of the most talented players might not start in Europe. I mean, we've seen that for, for the U.S. men's national team. So I mean, like Reggie Cannon's a young player. Like, even if he was playing in MLS a few months ago, like he it doesn't mean he's going to spend his entire career in MLS. And you have to give these guys a chance because, right? Yeah, like you're right. Like in their prime, you'd prefer to see them in Europe, but you can't just. If they're not playing in Europe right away, I know we've gotten used to players playing in Europe right away, but it's not going to be like that for everyone. Well, and someone like Sebastian Legette or even Aaron Long, like if, if they are solid players, they're solid players, no matter where they're playing. Um, you know, Sergio Romero has been a backup goalkeeper his entire career, and he's been solid for Argentina. Not his entire career, but for, you know, the past 10 years, it feels like. Um, and, you know... The thing about international soccer is you want continuity. You want your players to, to know what is expected of them. And Sebastian Legette knows what Burhalter expects, and he's someone that Burhalter trusts, and that can't be that can't be, you know, underestimated. Now, would I be slightly upset if we had McKenny Adams and Musa and Legette is starting in a competitive match? Probably. I mean I think I would much rather see McKenny, Musa and Adams. And honestly, I think that's what we would see. So, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I I don't like, let's just evaluate them on how they play for the U.S. national team. And if they're good, that game, they're good. Doesn't matter if they played in MLS. They're not automatically bad if they're playing MLS. They're not automatically good if they play in MLS. Um, And, you know, we've had someone like, sorry, I'm going to go on just a little bit longer. You know, I mean, you look at someone like Timmy Chandler, who always was like just a really solid player in the Bundesliga and he just sucked for the US, right? I mean he always sucked for the US and you're just gonna have cases like that. It's not it's not the same thing. For some reason or the other, international soccer is just not the same thing as club soccer. Now obviously good players are good usually in both arenas, but you know I mean you you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
You just have to look at it on a player by player basis, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best player in our in our national team's history spent his entire career in MLS, basically. So, um, yeah, you know, it it is what it is. And MLS, and and the thing is, I think I've said this probably multiple times on this podcast, but we want MLS to be good. We want it to be good. We should want it to be good. Like. A lot of these guys came through MLS academies. Weston McKenney came through an MLS academy. Gia Reyna played in an, in an MLS academy. Um, so, I mean, you want you want that. You want us to be producing these players, and then they go to Europe, like you said, and improve there. That's a great system for us to have, honestly. That's what we should be aiming for. Even like a Brian Reynolds, he spent half a season in ML, MLS, and now he's he's playing for your for your Roma team. So, you know, um, I was trying to think of. Uh, the nickname, and I couldn't it escape me. Gila Rossi. Yeah, Gila Rossi. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, should we? I think there was only one midfield substitution, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was Luca De La Torre coming on for Yunus uh, Musa. Yeah, that that is the only midfield substitution that happened. Oh, so why don't we talk about Luca? Um, what did you think of Luca's performance? I mean, yeah, I thought he was just super good, just making an Im- impact instantly when he came on. Um, he had that assist, like I said, to Lech Jet. Uh, very, imp- was very impressed with him. Like you said, you, you you were quite excited about him a few years ago, but kind of went a, came, went a little bit off the radar. But uh, yeah, I think it's just, I think there is just something i think with the infrastructure that greg burhalter has built where like we're just able to see new players come on and play super well um and that's a different point i guess but i mean it's really nice when a player knows what their job is yeah (laughs) which you think would be more prevalent but it feels like it's not (laughs) even in club soccer sometimes yeah absolutely um but yeah i thought he what did you what did you think about him I, I mean, I thought he was really good. Like you said, I was saying that to you. I don't think I said that on the podcast. I was saying that to you in, uh, uh, before. I thought, um, you know, Luca De La Torre is someone I, I was very, very excited about uh, as a uh, as a prospect, someone who participated in the uh, U-20 World Cup. He, he played for Fulham's youth team. Um, and... Uh, I just thought he he could be a really solid number ten for us going forward, um, uh, and today I mean he showed why I was uh, you know excited about uh, excited about him in, in the past. Um, you know I I think this was his actually his second cap, um, and he played uh, against I I don't know if you remember that I think it was a four nothing loss to Ireland back in twenty eighteen I think it was under D- Dave Sarikin still. Um, but do you remember that? No, I, we we, we played against Ireland and we got absolutely. Well, I remember scared. the Ireland game. <laughs> yeah, I mean he. I don't remember him playing. He did play in that game, um, and you know it just seemed like his career had stalled. He only made seven senior appearances for Fulham in his five years there, um, but uh, he got this move to to Ericles and in in the Eredivisie, and he's been playing consistently, um, and. Um, uh, you know, like I said, you can see why I'm excited about him. He's a really creative and nifty player in midfield. Um, he's a player who always wants to go forward, which we saw today. He picked up the ball in really interesting spots. It's funny, Taylor Twelman was talking about 
uh, Joe Keeney and, and how he found himself in interesting spots and picking up the ball in interesting spots. And I, I, for a second, I thought he was talking about Luca De La Torre because, I mean, that's what I was thinking about him on, on the right side of midfield there when he came in. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he brings that more... We don't have... We really don't have a number 10. Um, we don't have many number 10s in the pool, right? You have Gio Reyna... You have Brendan Aronson, who, who, who played there for Philadelphia. Um, he brings that more of a number 10 feel uh, to the game, where he can sort of play in between the lines. He can pick out a pass, and he can also dribble forward. Um, so I think having someone, a player like that, is really, uh, really nice. And he's only 22 years old, which nowadays is, like, old. Um, but, you know, that's when Clint Dempsey, I think... I don't think Clint Dempsey was even at Fulham yet when he was that age. Um, so... It, it uh, like you said, it, you know, growth is not linear. We know that we're Bucks fans. You know, we see that with Giannis. Um, so, well, uh, well, I mean, okay, Giannis. I, mean, is, I feel like yeah, Giannis is a Giannis special case. Of- I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I mean, Dempsey's kind of like it's that. It's plateaued but, a little bit, but <laughs> oh, he's better this year. But um, well, that's that's a conversation. That's an offline conversation. Um, <laughs> But he, he's a really crafty player, and I'm, I'm excited to have him in the pool. I don't want to spend an hour on each player, so we should we should continue going forward. Uh, so shall, shall we go to the forwards? Why don't we, we just talk forward? about the goalkeeper? Let's just get the goalkeeper out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> the goalkeeper. You're, not even, you're, not, you're so disappointed with Zach Steffen that you won't even say his name? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really – I thought he had a decent game. Um, he, oh yeah! Do you remember that one time where the touch, he like, where he, didn't where he control like, it? Yeah, that was terrible. Um, yeah, and it led to a corner for Jamaica. Um, he played yeah. really well against Everton though in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Uh, when yeah, he played really well in that match. Um, I, I mean, he's just a solid player. He had three saves today. Um, I don't think the goal he could have done much on. Uh, no, that was a really good finish. Yeah, it was. Uh, Right now, he's a number one. I don't think he should be the de facto number one. But what, what do you think? Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Greg is going to go with the keeper that he, that he coached. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably I mean, at, a, at the club level, I should say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but he used to rave about Zach <laughs> in all of his press conferences. Um, Zach's a cool dude. Um, I don't really know him personally, but like the few times I got to interact with him when I when I work for the crew, um, he he's fun. And, and you know, back when he went back when I, uh, you know, like when when I worked for the crew, I saw him every home game, right? Like I watched every home game. His distribution was awful. He's really improved on that. Um, you know, I, I I can't remember what minute it was, but there was one where someone was closing down and he just chipped it over his head. I don't know if you remember that, but that really scared me. But he pulled it off. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think that's that's continued to improve. He's only twenty five years old, which actually is young for a goalkeeper. Um, he's learning from Pep Guardiola. He's learning from Ederson. Hopefully, he gets a move next year where uh, whether it's a loan or or a permanent move where he where he can play some first team football. But um, I mean, he's just he's a solid player. There wasn't much he had to do today, so it's it's hard to know. Yeah, I agree that he's kind of always just been. I mean, I don't. You didn't actually say this, but there there is something that always I feel like leaves a little bit to be desired about Stefan. It feels like he hasn't. 
he, I don't think he, he has many, like, terrible games for the U.S. by any means, but, like, there are... It doesn't seem like he puts in, like, man-of-the-match-type performances, which maybe keepers usually don't, but just really memorable performances. But I think usually he's just solid and... Has, um, he, has he played any competitive games for us? I don't know if he has. Did he play in the Gold Cup? I, I don't know. I... I I think the thing about him is he always has one or two moments that you're kind of like, oh, that was not great. And, you know, the moment you talked about earlier right. where he couldn't control the uh, the pass back to him is one of them uh, against Jamaica at home. See, so uh, you're pr- we had two games against Jamaica. We had one under Burhalter, which was in the U.S., where he just passed it to the Jamaican player, and I, and I think they scored. Um, so it seems like he has those moments. Um the thing about the thing when you play for Manchester City and when you're playing for Manchester City, like in a in, in cup competitions only, is you're not really going to be troubled that often, um, which he hasn't been. So I, you know, I think I think almost sometimes it's better for goalkeepers to play for worse teams just so they <laughs> they're seeing a lot of shots. I mean, am I crazy? Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't see too many shots today either, so I guess he was warmed up for that. Only three shots on target, like you said, the three saves and. I think only eight shots total for Jamaica compared to our 28, but... Wow, 28 shots, wow. Or nine to 28, excuse me, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I can't get can't get too comfortable <laughs> because there will be harder opponents and more intense games where some of the little mistakes are really going to make a huge impact. Um, Matt Turner, yeah. though. We, I want to see Matt Turner. We'll see how good he is um, when we get to see him more for the U.S. He's a goalkeeper for the Revolution. Um, yep. David Ochoa looks pretty good too for the U23s. So Yeah, I, I agree with you that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be set in stone necessarily at all, but I mean, there's just no one else right now. I mean Yeah, I'm not I'm not really like uh, concerned with Zach Steffen going into these summer's fixtures, but No, but it's not inconceivable that he's our weakest player, which is crazy. <laughs> our weakest player plays for Manchester City. Okay, I mean Mixed I mean, plays watches Manchester City. Yeah, exactly. No, but really, I mean, if you if you have a strongest eleven, I mean, I think he could be a weakest player. Um, I think striker is a position that I would say is still well. Maybe well, it's well, pl- well let's pl- talk about let's talk about our striker. Let's talk about the forwards. Um, yes. Go ahead. So, uh, playing on the left, we had Christian Pulisic at striker, Josh Sargent, and on the right, we had Giovanni Reina. Um, I thought all three uh, kind of had their moments. I was, I think, most disappointed in Giovanni Reyna. Um, really? Interesting. Well, I mean, not really. Tell, I mean, tell, okay. me, tell me why. Tell me why. Well, I just felt like he had so many options. He could have had like two or three goals in this game. Okay, his finishing was bad. I'll give you and, that. I mean, I mean, and, and, and I only say that because that's a problem that we've seen for Borussia Dortmund, too. So, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, it, it doesn't... Uh, because, you know, I mean, even when you look at, uh, like, um, some of his statistics, like, he, he's he's very progressive, you know, he makes the key passes and everything, but, like, that end product just hasn't been there for Borussia Dortmund. Um, I think he only has three goals and four assists in 24 matches for, for, for Dortmund this year, and... In the league, yeah. Yes, in, in the Bundesliga, and... Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, like, I also, the, the body language stuff that we were talking a lot about <laughs> off-air... I, it rubs me the wrong way, so I think that that probably okay. maybe wrongfully impacted my perception. So we're, we're, we're talking about Reyna, so let's, you know, 
He is so petulant. I mean, he's only 18. This is something that's bothered me for a long time when I see him play since the youth teams. Like, in the beginning, like, Reggie Cannon didn't pass it to him when he was in the box, and he's, like, started freaking out, and he wasn't even open. Like, there was someone near him. Um, I mean, he does still go celebrate with his team when they score, and he's, like, smiling and laughing at times. But he, he, I was telling you, I I don't know if any of our, uh, our listeners play Overwatch or even play any FPS, but he just, like, tilts, and he gets mad, and it's like, He's like, it feels like he's one of those people, it's like, oh, my healers suck in Overwatch. Like, why are, why am I not getting healed? You know? It, it's like that kind of mentality, it feels like. Um, and, and, oh, yeah, he, he threw up his arms many times, and uh, yeah. That being said, I thought, um, I thought he was really good, actually. Aside from his finishing problems, out of, I thought he was better than Christian Pulisic, quite frankly. Um you know, he really marauded forward a few times. He had a, some really nice passes and some really nice ideas. Uh, he had a lot of great interplay on the edge of the box that uh, led to some chances. And I think this was his best performance as a senior national team player. I think it's only his third. Um, but I thought it was his best performance, and he looks more comfortable on the wing. End product, not there yet. He just turned 18 years old. Hopefully that comes in time. Um and I think, I think I would much rather have a player like him who has to work on his finishing than a player who's already good at finishing that has to work on everything else. I, I mean, that's not really a comparison <laughs> anyone's making, but, but, I, but you know what I mean? Like, that is something that he can improve on. That is something, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah. and, and he, he doesn't have Erling Holland to bail him out for the U.S., um, but, um, yeah, I mean, one thing I was just thinking about is that, uh, yeah, like it felt like I felt like Pulisic did have like, uh, just from watching the game, it seemed like he was part of more dangerous sequences, but at the same time, he had the benefit of playing with Serginho Dest, and then Reyna, part of the, the fullback of his triangle was Reggie Cannon, who was maybe the worst player on the pitch today, so... I think, um, you know, the, 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 the replays on ESPN Plus, so, I mean, if you want to, you should go back and watch bits of it. I, I think if you were to rewatch it, you would agree that Gio Reyna was the better player than Christian Pulisic today. He was he was popping up in dangerous spots a lot. Yeah. I mean, he had three chances, like you said, he had three chances where he really should have scored. Well, yeah, he had one chance where he had two shots on goal, both of which you could argue that he could have scored. Right, and he had two other ones. I mean, he had the one where he took the bad touch right. that was Brendan Aronson entry pass, and I think he had one in the first half. Or uh, Actually, though, I think, I, think, I think he had another chance. But anyway, um, you know, having those shots is indicative of the positions he was finding himself in, right, and the runs he was making. And I think, I think that his negative body language and some a player who has body language like that that often gets conflated with laziness on the pitch he's not a lazy player like he is making runs off the ball he is tracking back when he needs to he is looking for the ball deep and picking it up and running forward so i think we have to be careful not to conflate those two things and i know it's hard because i struggle with it too the body language thing really really i struggle with um, and I, I'm hoping that he'll improve as he matures into an actual adult, which he barely is. <laughs> yes, um, this is true. Uh, I mean, he still looks like a child. <laughs> um, 
you know, not everyone is Yunus Musa and like this statesman. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, I thought yeah, he, I feel I like he he even good. even even Clint Dempsey. I, I I don't think he he ever acted like super expressive, but sometimes it seemed like potentially he was like he he, he could strike you as lazy, but like he he really never was. Like he he was always super active and right. constantly I, contributing to the attack. But I think a better uh, comparison is is Ronaldo body language wise. He reminds me a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo, um, with how he's interacting with his teammates. But see, the thing is, when... when if production can get to that point, then... Well, okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he's not like Ronaldo because it seems like he actually... He genuinely gets along with his teammates, and, like, he... It's just, like, when things happen in the moment, he tilts, so... Yes, well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll try not to read too much into that. I think, I think Reyna, yeah, you're right. He, he, he was in really good positions. Um... It, yeah, it saddened me for sometimes for other people to play really good balls into him and him not being able to pay it off. But so, uh, so, so think about it this way: like, if when we had, I mean, I know this is kind of a loaded comparison, but when you have someone like Paul Ariola or like Corey Baird or like Graham Zuzi, even, I mean, the just having someone of Reyna's quality, like this, seems like an okay game for him. But he's able to find himself in those positions, and his just his touch and his ability that always sort of that always sort of comes through, you know. Uh, you know, I, I I have the game playing in the background right now, and you know he just received a pass, and he bodied someone off, and just um, you know he 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 passed it back to Cannon on the right side here, um, and you know it led to a, a throw in, but. His, t- I mean, just now, I just he just dribbled around two guys. Like, I, th- I think if you go back and watch it's those little things, yeah, yeah. those little Look, moments, I can grade him on a curve. You can grade him on a curve, sure. <laughs> but I, look, I like I literally am, I just randomly in the fiftieth minute he just had three no, really yeah. nice sequences of play. So, um, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think you're wrong here. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think Christian looked like a world beater in this game either. I thought there was a couple. I thought he was the worst. Sequences. I thought he was the worst forward. No, yeah, yeah. I well, yeah. I, I uh, yeah. I, I think Sargent was the best forward. So. I think so too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Sargent... Brendan Aronson was pretty fantastic, but you know, I okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? Who do you want to talk about? Should um. That... We can talk about Pulisic first. Okay. I mean, he only played 45 minutes. So, um, okay, now I'm seeing Reyna get mad at himself for missing. (laughs) He's so funny. (laughs) 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 He, like, goes and sulks. (laughs) Um, But uh, Christian Pulisic... Yeah, a stat just to keep an eye out for Reyna, and, you know, he hasn't been in the greatest form this year, but he is... 30, he's in the 39th percentile this year among attacking mids and wingers in Europe's top five leagues in terms of non-penalty expected goals and assists per 90 minutes. That's not, so that's, he's not being penalized for like uh, coming off the bench. So not great, but I mean, the talent's there, the quality's there, and I, I, I'm, I'm expecting great things of him, and I think that's why uh, I'm, I'm, I've been a little harsh, but he... he, he it definitely, he definitely looks like one of the most talented players on the pitch, yes. Right. I, I, I feel like I'm way too harsh on Gio Reyna, and somehow you're harsher. Um. <laughs> you know, I think just, like, I'm not... Once you have one wonder kid, 
<laughs> there's a lot of hype around Giorena. Like, there's a lot the of hype. One. Like, I just, yeah, I guess, like, it, it, it's, like, it was so weird. It's also, like, the the, the players at the same club as the first Wonder Kid. Oh, my so God. So it's, like, it's not... <laughs> you, like, feel the need to compare. It's not as exciting because it, it, it just felt like this is a thing that happens now. And, oh, my God. Um, I, I'm just yeah. going to random points in the game, and Giorena is, like, having nice passages of the play. <laughs> okay, but can you not count, can you cannot, can you not count against him that he costs, you has a couple goals today. Oh I mean, no, no, no! Of course, of course you can. I mean, of course you can. He should have scored, especially on that the, the Brendan Aronson. Well, actually, on both of them, he he really should have scored. Um, and you should count that against him. I, I'm just saying, like, let's. Yes, we can grade him on a curve, but let's not grade him like he's a 24 year old player who's like already one of the best players in the world. You know. I think a lot of these things are going to improve, and I hope they improve. Um, and, you know, if he plays like this on the right wing, I have no problem with him starting over at Timothy Weah, which, uh, you know, I, I've been wanting Timothy Weah to start. Um, he's obviously not in camp. But uh, I, I think Gio Reyna has the highest ceiling of anyone in the pool, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't think that's crazy to say. I think he has the highest ceiling of anyone in the pool. Um, it's just, you know, can he get there? And he, it seems like he does have the work ethic, even though he complains a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk about Pulisic, because we, we went back to Reyna somehow. Um, <laughs> Pulisic, not his best game. He had a lot of wayward touches. Um, he's such a direct player, though, so, you know, he's not always going to be able to pull something off, otherwise he'd have, like, 100 goals. Right, right. Um, he's I still- think that led to him forcing some shots, too, that he just didn't necessarily need to. No, he did He definitely wanted a goal in the first half. Like, you could right, see that. Right, And he probably knew he was only playing 45 minutes. He definitely grew into the game. Um, but his touch wasn't great. I think he was trying to do a little bit too much on his own. Reyna does this, too. They both play a little bit of hero ball sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, but we want them to be Brooklyn Nets James Harden, not Houston Rockets James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think uh, both of them, because of their form, especially Christian, because of their form and their lack of playing time right now for their clubs, I think they were both just desperate to to get into it, get involved, and do something great. Um, and, you know, we know how good Christian Pulisic is. It wasn't his greatest performance. People are going to have off nights. Um, uh, so, I mean, it, it just wasn't his greatest. He grew into the game towards the end of the half, so hopefully uh, if he plays uh, again like, on Sunday, uh, we'll see we'll see more of that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, and it, feel, it feels like something that I think he actually, like, he was playing really well within that triangle and creating, drifting out wide, making the right runs, attracting attention, creating space for Des to cut in on his right, which was what led to that first amazing goal, which I guess we'll talk about when we get to Serginio Des a little more. But, um, and maybe that's kind of a cop-out, you know, like, you know, how, but I, I do think that Christian Pulisic did attract a certain amount of attention in the first half, and that allowed us to... Uh, Dest and Legette and Acosta to get more chances around around the goal. No, I mean, that's true. And I think once he understood how awesome Jet, or uh, Jet, what the heck, Dest was um, in, in this game, he, he started to drift wider and wider and, and pull yeah. that defender wider, which I think at the beginning of the game, they were kind of close to each other, but... He, he, like you said, he was starting to vacate more space and play more on the touchline there, which I don't even know if that's necessarily best for Pulisic, but uh, 
I think that's part of the reason why he started to play better better uh, towards the end of the first half because his, his relationship with with Death started to grow. I mean, also right, and that on. shows. Yeah, if our left side is going to be Dest and Pulisic, I mean, come on, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Alejandro Bedoya and the corpse of Demarcus Beasley. <laughs> so left side of the twenty fourteen World Cup. <laughs> That is wild to think about. <laughs> I mean, I should. Demarcus Beasley was actually really good in the World Cup, but um, yeah, and previous World Cups, of course. But yeah. Any other, um, any other thoughts on, on Christian? I mean, there's not really. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, really I, I think you're lot. right. I think he did defer to Jest more, lay it off to him more, and create space for him. And I think that shows, you know, uh, some maturity from Pulisic, going a little less from the hero ball by the end of the, the half, and. Um, yeah, he got himself into good positions too. I mean, look, like he on the ball, Pulisic is just so, so talented. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, he. It looks like he's gliding sometimes. Just he's just able to beat a defender so easily, like right. it's nothing, and keep an eye on goal and just get off, get it, create enough space to get off a good shot every time he's in the final third. Yeah, he, he doesn't always actually like shoot it well or on target, but. It, it, it's amazing. He's he's so talented, and I think that. Uh, yeah, I think his biggest weakness is is his shot. He just doesn't generate much power. Um, sometimes he does. Um, I I know I've talked about he this. Those like streaks, I feel like. But you know, players like Ross Barkley and Mason Mount, like who are just able to put their laces through it and generate so much power. Yeah. I I feel like if Pulisic could you know do that a little bit more, he'd be so much better. It's funny, you know. I I feel like we have the same. Uh, you know, analysis for Pulisic and Reyna, but just reversed. Because um, to me, like, Reyna was the one gliding today. You know what? When I, when I come home tomorrow, I'll show you some highlights of Reyna. Um, and, and you can watch it. We can watch him on Sunday. Well, I, I'm sure I can show you some highlights of Pulisic gliding. No, I, okay. I, you're right. You're right. Um, I just felt like his, his, his foot was less sticky than it usually is. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think that's definitely fair. There were, there were some touches that went wayward, like you said, but uh, when, like, like sometimes the, why well, yeah, okay, I guess, <laughs> I was about to say sometimes the shots that were just, uh, like, weren't even on target started from, like, impressive runs where we beat multiple defenders, but I guess I was bashing Reyna on doing, yeah, exactly, uh, for doing the same thing before. <laughs> right, exactly. Look, there's, um, there's lots of, in the U.S. soccer community, U.S. men's soccer, there's lots of overcorrections that we constantly have to deal with, so, um, right now I'm, I'm sympathetic because people have been critical of uh, Pulisic. Well, not really. I mean, I guess I guess people just want him to play more. But is there a world where Pulisic is not an automatic starter? No. Where Timothy Weah and Gio Reyna are starters? I mean, Lille's in first place in in, in Liga, and he's he's starting. But okay, well, I, I don't think so. Well, well <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm mostly joking. I I think Pulisic is better than Weah. <laughs> well, we haven't seen Weah. They're completely different yeah. players. Not much. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, Wea Salwea has really improved. I thought Wea was really overrated, but I mean, this season he's just been awesome for Leo. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say. I think. I think. I guess we should probably talk about Josh Sargent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was really good today he had that uh assist to brendan aronson in the second half and he also just uh, his hold up play was great 
Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. His I, I, Go ahead. I thought his pressing was really good, too. Oh. Just doing a lot of little things. It was well. awesome. Well, that's what everyone always says about Josh Sargent. Like, he does all the little things well because, you know, it's it's so bad. Bremen is so freaking bad. Um, they don't generate any chances. He has scored recently. I think he scored three goals in his last five or four in his last six. Something like that. Um, so he's been in really good form scoring the goal, scoring the ball recently. But... You know, I think when I was talking about this in November, Josh Sargent is sort of an all-around striker. He's a good finisher. He's a good presser. He makes good runs off the ball. He's a decent passer. Uh, he's not very good in the air, but I think he... he this is a perfect game um, to show why he's solid and why he legitimately is just a better option than Jassy's artist. He does everything Jassy's artist does. He does all the good things Jassy's artist does, and he's better at the things Jassy's artist can't do, like make a clean touch. Um, so I, I, I think right now, it, striker should be Josh Sargent's position to lose. Um, because on this performance, like you said, he did all the little things right. He, his pressing was so good. His He was able to hold it. I mean, I'm repeating myself now because he was just that good. Um, yeah, and I think I think the, 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 the half chances that he almost had we're not really as a result of him not being in the right spot or him like not finishing the ball. It was just like the, the passes were like an inch off, or some of them were like ambitious crosses and just balls that he just couldn't get on the end of. So I don't think there was any problems there. Like he, he was always in the right spot. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Like I said, I'm watching the game. Um, yeah, Muna, Musa really did drop into the sixth position, and, and Acosta was sometimes the furthest center midfielder forward. I think we'll see that a lot, actually, even with our if with our full strength midfield. Um, but uh, I don't. I shouldn't take away from Josh's Josh's play because um, I thought he was excellent. I mean, I, I, I we should we should move on. We should we should move through the players quickly because um, at this point, um, but. I mean, is there anything else we, we really want to say about Josh Sargent? I think on Sunday's game, we should probably do a, a rewatch of the game, and, and we'll both watch more closely because we'll be together. Um, but, you know, I was... We've, we both only watched this game once, so... Um, but yeah. if, yeah. on, on first watch, like, I think he, he definitely... He, he stood out to me as having just a really, really nice game. Okay, let's talk about the back line, finally. We have... Wait, 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 are we going to talk about our, our subs? Oh, yes, yes. We can talk about ourselves. We had three of them. Um, let's talk about Brendan Aronson first, because he was clearly the best one. Uh, he came on in uh, at halftime, actually, for Christian Pulisic, and um, looked better than Christian Pulisic. <laughs> I, he's not a better player, I, obviously. Um, but he looked really good, man. I mean, he... he you know, someone was talking... I was watch, listening to the Austrian commentary... Um, and they kept on talking about how fast he was. And Brendan Aronson never struck me as fast, but he looked rapid in this game. Um, yeah, he did. His passes were really, really... I mean, that pa- that entry ball to, to Reyna was really good. And two minutes after that opportunity, he ends up scoring his goal after, well, like you said, that wonderful turn from Sargent, the fake out, the juke. Um, right, and he had the hockey assist header to Sargent on that, on that passage, too. Yeah, and... Um, you know, I think Taylor, Taylor Twelman said something in the broadcast where it's like, you know, even a year ago, it was like, if, if the goals aren't coming from Christian Pulisic, where are they coming from? And now we just have so many options, it feels like. I mean, Brendan Aronson's 20 years old. 
This is crazy. Sahil, this is insane. Like, this is insane. Our entire lineup is it's so young, and it's so exciting. Um, and he was really impressive. I think winger is his best position. I think it's better than midfielder. I mean, he, that's where he's been playing for, for, Le- for Leipzig, on, on the left side under Jesse Marsh. And um, I think it allows him to do some of the things that he likes to do, face up defenders, take him on one-on-one play along the line and then cut inside or and then and then drift inside well not drift run make a run inside and pick up the ball again from um you know whoever he passed it to whether it's uh uh legit or um uh dest or or sergeant um so he 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 really impressed me today he really did yeah, I thought he made some really creative runs too uh passing looked pretty crisp yeah he he um Beyond his goal, he just had a very solid performance. Yep. All right. So moving on, um, Nicholas uh, Giochini, Uh You know, honestly, I, he was good. I had never seen him play on the wing before. So um, I thought he didn't look out of place on the wing. You know, he, he I always sort of thought of him as like a back-to-goal striker and, and more of a, a traditional-ish number nine. But um, I thought he looked decent on the wing. He had an assist, like you said, and he uh, was dropped. Go ahead. Yeah, he had another cross, a round cross to Josh Sargent that almost, like, he just barely couldn't get to. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. And even, you know, in uh, not even in the final third, in the middle third, when he was was playing um, uh, with Cannon or uh, with... um, uh, Musa and De La Torre. I thought he he had a really good rapport with De La Torre actually um, when he came on and they were playing off each other really well. Uh, he 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 was able to play back to goal on the right side there, but he also he looked comfortable with the ball on his feet as well. And uh, he looks better than like he looks better than a league deux player. Honestly, I think he could definitely play at a higher level. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I thought he looked really good. I think. Um was able to make an instant impact after he came on one thing that uh, like one negative thing that i noticed is that he just i think there was one ball and i guess it's, this is probably like easier to identify in tv than when you're actually playing but he had a there was a cross um from one side of the field and he should have left it for luca de la torre do you remember that one? Oh uh, yeah yeah de la torre would have had a one-on-one with the keeper but he like just tried to get a touch on it, and then uh, the USMNT lost possession. You know that happened. Um, that happened in the first half where Josh Sargent took, or sorry, when Special Legit like took a ball off of Josh Sargent's foot, almost basically. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I think Sargent would have scored there. Yeah, I mean he, he was good. I, I'm I'm interested to see more. Uh, the final forward that came on was Jordan Siebicha. Um I mean he, he, I mean he didn't really do much, so I don't think there's much to say. Yeah, I, I really have nothing to, to say on, on him. But congrats on, on his debut. Uh, he's been playing well for young boys over in Switzerland. Um, all right. Yep. The back line. Um, so let's just talk about it as a whole. Let's not go through each player. Well, let's let's talk about Serginho Desk. Yeah. He, 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 he deserves say, his own. I've been waiting this whole podcast to talk about Serginho Desk. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he deserves his own spotlight my god the sauce the absolute sauce of serginio dest <laughs> i'm trying to think of you a basketball comparison uh, like Kyrie. Uh, yeah Kyrie. Kyrie. Mm-hmm. i was thinking ai but Kyrie is like 
you know. Well, I think even those two basketball players are compared just in terms of the, the level of handle that they both have. <laughs> I mean, it's just handles for no reason. <laughs> like, well, the thing about Destiny is it is for a reason. Like, that's what's so incredible. Like, yes, he sometimes does. It seems like he's doing skills for no reason, but it seemed, it seemed like everything was deliberate today and everything was for a reason. It was to, um, uh, you know, to get out of a sticky situation. In the seventh minute, when they had, I think, three corners, Jamaica, in a row or something, and they were really... It was after that stupid Zach Steffen mistake. Um... He just he skilled his way out of our 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 third, um, and you know the, I mean he's just so skillful. He's he's such a good passer. I think um, on the ground, he has such great vision and the goal. I mean you you can talk about the goal. That was incredible. Oh yeah, he's just carrying the ball by himself upfield. Cut it out back onto his right foot, just curl a curler, and I, I don't I don't know if uh, Jamaica keeper actually got a hand to it or not, but either way, uh, it was just a fantastic finish and uh, super exciting. I, I got out of my seat when that happened. Yeah, when I texted you, it was just a bunch of expletives. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, that was I mean that was a moment from brilliant, and up until that point, I mean the U.S. had been playing well, but after that, it felt like the U.S. really started. To control the game, um, and, and they really grew in confidence. Um, you know, his defending—he didn't have to do a whole lot of defending today, um, but just going forward, I mean, he's one of the best in the world, I think. Yeah, yeah. This year, he is 92nd percentile at his position in expected goals and assists, which doesn't doesn't surprise me in Europe's top five leagues, and he's 99th percentile in passing completion. Which I think is like super impressive, and that, that was something I was, I, I was, I was saying, or I was thinking about in this game. It's like, yeah, he's doing, he's 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 doing all these skills, and he's making things complicated, but he's not losing the ball really. He's not. He's well, that's, not that's what I mean. I don't think he's overcome. I think like he is he is creating space uh, for himself and for his yeah. teammates. Yeah, and that's why also for Barcelona, ninety seventh percentile in progressive carries. He's Jesus. he's a. Uh, this is all based on his time with Barca, so this is not has nothing to do with his Eredivisie career. This is, um, yeah, it, it, amazing what he's doing at the club and country level. He is uh, something, something special, and probably the my favorite fullback I've ever watched. I feel, or maybe, well, one of them I, <laughs> I've ever watched. Partly because he plays for the U.S. national team. You didn't like Eric Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> um Eric Lehigh yeah. Um <laughs> uh, you know there's a lot of skillful skillful players who like will face someone up skill and then just pass backwards cuz nothing comes of it. He beats his guys. He beats the man defending him. And you know, if he needs to run down the line on the right side and get a cross in, he's going to do that. He's not going to overcomplicate that all the time. Um it just—I think we've seen such an incredible progression from him. I mean, there, he was not doing anything like this in the U twenty World Cup. He was really good, but he wasn't doing anything like this. Um, and just the confidence that he has—you um, know—I don't know if you heard the whole baguette thing. I, that was like going every USMNT Twitter was going crazy about how Sebastian Soto said, like, "Yeah, Serginho will just have a baguette before a game. It's really weird. Like, he'll only eat a baguette." <laughs> Um, so I don't know what what's in those baguettes, but it's working. So you should... whatever it is, 
you should continue <laughs> to, to eat those baguettes. But um, he also told he said he told Berhalter that he was going to score this game, so he called it. Yeah, I mean, he's almost scored before against um, Mexico. Uh, was that his debut? He he was playing on the left side and and he he cut inside and almost scored. Um, you know, I. I I'm I'm ex- I'm interested to see him play like on the right again, and I just you know the thing about Des is he can get down the line and send it a nice cross, um, but it is really nice to have him cut in on his left foot. Obviously, there are drawbacks for an inverted fullback. You know, it's nice having you know I think one of the greatest um, ways to progress the ball or or to get out of um, your own third is to pass the ball. Um, along the sideline, along the touchline, right? If you're, if you're on the right, um, if you're a right back with your right foot, if you're a left back with your left foot, you know, like Leighton Baines and Lucas, Luca Dinier do this all the time. They send the ball forward, a curling ball forward from, from the left side into the path of the winger. Um, so that's not something he can do from the left side, but I think, I mean, what you're gaining, gaining from him in the final third, I think it's, it's, it's worth it. Um, and I mean, whatever side he plays on, if he even plays on the wing sometimes, I mean, I, I'm excited to see. Yeah, absolutely. You think he should continue at left back or? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, I, I think it kind of may be matchup dependent. Um, uh, you could gauge it based on how, uh, the, the other team's back line is able to handle those overlapping runs. And if. Uh, you have a striker that's uh, wants to get him behind the defense and um, and finish more and have those crosses cut back to them. Then maybe it would make more sense for him to be as a right back. But I, uh, I, I go ahead. Sorry. I I, I just I, I don't know. I, I I think yeah. I don't I don't think him. I think he'll he will be the best player on the pitch or one of them either way. <laughs> yeah. I do want to see him on the same side as Reyna on that right side because I think Pulisic and him kind of want to do the same thing on the left side. Um, I, I mean, do you agree with that? Like, it, it kind of seems like obviously they do play well together, but it, it it seems like you could have that on both sides if you had uh, Destin. Well, maybe you can't though. Um, yeah, I, no, I know, I know what you mean. Like Reyna dropping in and 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 Des going further forward than him, I think would be interesting to see on, on the right side. So we'll, we'll see if we see that in the left game. Uh, Aaron Long was solid. I don't think we need to say too much about him, except for, for me, I thought he was he was really solid. He covered for John Brooks sometimes. John Brooks was John Brooks, except he wasn't good at passing today, which is not John Brooks. Like um, He had some really weird, bad passes. Um, I don't know what that was about. Um, yeah. Do you have any... Yeah, he... I thought he looked much more comfortable in the second half. Um, yeah. Even in the second half, he had some weird bad passes. Um, yeah, yeah. Not not something you expect. Uh, really impressive, though, what he's done this year, staying healthy, playing in 24 out of 26 of Wolfsburg's games, and they're third in the Bundesliga, so yeah. he's been a big part of their success. He's so. been great this year. He's been great this year. And Aaron Long, I, you know, preseason he's solid he's not a flashy center back but he's solid and uh, he gets the job done reggie cannon man he was really bad today i thought committed a lot of fouls not great in the in in the opposing half um and i thought he was really at fault for the i thought it was really his fault for the for the for jamaica's goal um and we can talk about yeah he just gave on 
he just gave uh, Andre Grace so much time there to like make a decision and wait for the run. Right. That yeah, had to, I didn't understand that. Right. He got, he got magged too, which doesn't make it any better. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, and you know it was a bad game from him. He has not been playing well for Boa Vista. Um, so hopefully he he can get back to his club and, and play. He, John Brooks, and uh, Nico Joaquin are actually go- not participating on Sunday. They went back to their clubs today. Um, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see a new back line on, on, on Sunday. Um, but, uh, yeah, Reggie Cannon, very sloppy. Not great. I was not happy with his performance because I, I do love Reggie, but, uh, you know, we do have a lot of right back depth. So he, he's got to play better if he wants to keep his position. Brian Reynolds is, is waiting in the wing. This is true. And Sergio yeah. is there. So, um, and then the defender that the only other de- the only oh well, there are two defenders who came on. Chris Richards and Anthony Robinson came on. Chris Richards, I love him, but he was not good today. I think he looked kind of sheepish almost, like he was unsure of himself, and that's not something that we really see. Um, he does play, I think, on the left side for his club um, for Hoffenheim. I can't remember if they play a back three, but I think they do. Um, but yeah, he, he was he did not look very confident and, um, it made sense why, you know, if, if that's the way he looked in camp, it made sense why, why Burhalter was like, okay, Aaron Long's going to play. Um, so what'd you think of his, of his performance? Yeah. I can't remember now if Richard or, or Richards was, uh, was tracking the run of the goal scorer on that, on that Jamaica goal, or if that was Anthony Robinson, but, um, uh, Robinson yeah. wasn't in the game yet. Oh right, Robinson came on in the 67th minute. Okay. Oh no so no I no. Rich- actually, I think he was in the game. I think he had just come on. A- anyway, I'll, I'll look. Mm. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll look at the goal right now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah, like you said, just a little bit. I don't know. I think it's. Um, Different people coming on early in the half. Um, I think it was yeah, actually it was Acosta. I mean, um, Richards maybe should have tracked the run, but it, Acosta was the nearest guy there. He Acosta let him in behind. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't think he looked super comfortable. Um, I thought I, I'm, I'm curious to see if he'll if he'll start in the next game. I think I, I would like to see that. Yeah, I mean, it might be him and Aaron Long. I I do not want to see Tim Ream. Um, I, I really don't like I, him and Aaron Long or him and Eric Palmer Ground is, is something that I would like to see against Northern Ireland. Uh, and then Anthony Robinson, I thought he looks. I thought this was his best performance in a U.S. national team jersey. Um, he was really good in, in the opposing half. He he won the ball back um, once or twice, and uh, he had a really nice pass to I believe it was uh, Brendan Aronson. I thought he just fizzed in there in, in the box, and Aronson had a good touch, and they were playing pretty well off of each other. Um, so I'd like to see him go a full 92 on the left side. Yeah, he looked much better than his last game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious. Yeah, I'd like to see him start maybe on the left and then Des on the right in the next game. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, just for final thoughts on this game, I think Jamaica, it was an interesting lineup. They It was obviously not their starting their best lineup. They have a lot of guys. There's a contract dispute in Jamaica with the Federation with how much they want to be paid. Um, they have a lot of guys they're trying to recruit, like Mason Holgate, Mikel Antonio, um, uh, Max Ahrens, um, Nathan Redmond. If those guys come in, Kamar Lawrence and Andre Blake weren't there, 
you know, if those guys are there, I mean, this team is actually a really, really formidable team. But Jamaica, they were making it competitive, right? It wasn't like a you, – you texted me and you were like, this feels like a friendly. But then it didn't all of a sudden. It felt like a pretty competitive match. It got yeah. a little bit chippy. And, um, you know, I, I, they still had some good players, a lot of players that play in the championship and play in England. So some quality, obviously some players who play in Jamaica who haven't played in like a year. So, so it was a really wide range of quality. But, um, you know, they still had players like Michael Hector um, and uh, Ariapa at right back um, and uh, the goal scorer, who I believe plays for Swansea. Um, so uh, they had some talent on, on the field. There's not a whole lot you can take out, but it was a competitive match, and the U.S. dominated, and they deserved a multi-goal victory. Uh, and, um, you know, like you said, it was, what, 28 shots to nine? Like, they, they absolutely dominated, and it's it's fun to watch them now. It's really fun to watch them. Yeah, 69% possession to 31, too. So, uh, yeah, definitely the results. I think the scoreline reflected uh, the game that was played, and... Uh, yeah, it was very fun to watch them. They definitely eased into it. It was, looked a little very slow at first, but um, yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see the game on Sunday and see if they can build on this or if we can learn anything new. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was an, it was a good one. The U.S. plays Sunday at uh, noon Eastern against Northern Ireland. Um, the U.S. U23s will also be playing on Sunday night to try to book a trip, or U24s, rather, to try to book a trip to the Olympics for the first time since 2008. So big U.S. Soccer Sunday. We will be back Sunday evening breaking down probably both games, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, So I I know you're probably very excited about that. Um, But we'll be breaking down both games. We'll see you then. Um, You can contact us at, at Soccer Brothers podcast at gmail.com make sure you follow us at twitter at soccer bros pod follow us on facebook we also have a youtube channel which we haven't uploaded in forever but you know go and check that out where it will probably be a little bit more active soon (laughs) thank you guys we'll see you guys next time for another episode of the soccer brothers podcast thanks